hey everybody, Jonathan Doyle with you once again. Welcome aboard, friends, to the Catholic Teacher Daily Podcast. Hope you're doing okay. Thanks for all that you're doing each day. And always remember that the smallest things, that single word of encouragement, that one moment of affirmation can just have such a profound effect on the life of each young person that God has placed in your way. Let's talk, friends. I want to talk about uh, a beautiful quote that I came across in Sebastian Junger's latest book. You may be familiar with Sebastian Junger. I think I'm pronouncing it correctly. It's spelled J-U-N-G-E-R. Sebastian Junger is a very famous journalist and author. He wrote books like The Perfect Storm, which made me never want to get into a boat again, ever, anywhere. He wrote a book called War which led to a film called Restrepo, which I watched as well. So I've enjoyed his books over the years. He's a very gifted journalist, so his prose is very tight, so very readable. And his new book, Tribe, is very short. It's only, uh, let me go, I've got it in front of me here. It's uh, about 100 and, it's even less. You've got a lot of notes in here. It's about 136 pages, that's all. And just excellent. And it's really about this concept of evolutionary biology and evolutionary psychology. These are topics that I've had a great interest in. I just finished my other podcast this morning that I do, uh, the daily podcast with Jonathan Doyle, if you want to check that out. When I talked about uh, these themes that have been in my thinking for many years, and if you're not familiar with it, look, evolutionary biology and evolutionary psychology posit this thesis that we have evolved in particular ways to accentuate and maximize particular behaviors. So just as our bodies and physiologies have adapted and changed to, I guess, geographic norms and all sorts of changes in our environment, so has our brains and our prefrontal cortexes. So the core thing to think about is that as a species, we've really evolved for cooperation, for altruism, and for the tribe, for the group. Put it this way, with a planet is 3.6 billion years old. Hominids have been around for several million in our current form, but we've been Homo sapiens sapiens for only about 350,000 years. So the brains and the bodies that we have now are relatively new. And we've only really been in any kind of civilization for less than 10,000 years. So ancient Egypt was only 5,000 years ago. What I'm getting at here is that our brains, it's a relatively new experiment for us to live socially. But what we've discovered is that we did evolve and we survived by group cohesion, by cooperation, by service, by sublimating the needs of the individual towards the needs of the group because those sorts of behaviors led to tribal survival so all of that is an introduction to this quote that i want to share with you from sebastian junger and why i think it relates to catholic education and what you're doing every day and here it is it's on uh, page 18 in the introduction and he says this very simple how do you become an adult in a society that doesn't ask for sacrifice How do you become an adult in a society that doesn't ask for sacrifice? What he's getting at here is that for tribal cultures, you became a member, an adult member of the tribe when? You became a member of the tribe when you could make what? A meaningful contribution to the survival and daily life of the tribe. Please don't be offended by this, but basically the facts are what they are, and that's that male members of the tribe tended to prove their belonging by war and by hunting. 
So guys would get up every day and go and risk getting ripped apart by something or fighting the other tribe. And once the tribe recognized that they could make this contribution, they were accepted as full members of the tribe. So their belonging was related to contribution. And then, of course, for female members of the tribe, that took different forms usually. But both for males and females, membership and adulthood came as a result of sublimating personal interests and personal drives towards the greater good. So that's why he says Sebastian Junger is positing this question about our culture at the moment. How do you become an adult in this culture, which he suggests, and I think I agree, doesn't ask for sacrifice? If you look at the lives of our students... They're built very much around, I would say, concepts of consumption, and this affects all of us, but for young people, consumption, self-promotion, and uh, so belonging comes from, ironically, from a kind of belonging from, from likes and social media followers. But I want to ask you this question, see if you agree or disagree. Where does our culture ask really any of us to sacrifice? Now, if you're a parent, it comes with the turf, Right. But as I said in the other, my other podcast, even then you can limit your level of contribution. You can be an amazingly awesome parent and give 2 billion percent, or you cannot. But for a, a culture in general, isn't it a great question? How are we asked to sacrifice? And I'm not sure that we are. And if you look at our politics and our news cycle, there's this constant sense of fragmentation of adversarial politics and so we're at a really interesting inflection point, and I think what I want to offer you today is one of the great genius aspects of Catholicism and the Christian proposition, is that, here's a way to think about it, where I live in our cathedral, we go to the 8 o'clock Mass and on Sunday mornings, and it's not one of the world's most beautiful cathedrals. It's not, I've seen them worse, trust me, with my travels. I've seen some things I'm like, whoa, the architect had a bad night on some funny mushrooms. But anyway, my cathedral's not terrible. But there's a beautiful central crucifix above the altar. And it's a classical style crucifix. It's enormous. It's huge. But I love praying in there and I find myself driven to contemplation. And I simply look at it. And the more that I've looked at it over recent months and years... It's just that the central proposition of the Christian faith is sacrifice. That Christ came to do the will of the Father. And the will of the Father was that he would lay down his life as a ransom for many. So we can get all fancy about Christianity. And, and you know, Jesus was always getting frustrated with the Pharisees because they took that idea of God's love and presence and turned it into washing pots and bowls correctly, which had their place. Just as an aside, there's a reason that those things were in the Mosaic Law, because it increased hygiene and people didn't tend to die of food poisoning and stuff as frequently as other nations around them, because the Jews had all these particular prohibitions and rules that actually allowed them to flourish. But Jesus' point was that they made those laws the main event, whereas the main event was God and his sovereign love for his people. And then we come into the New Testament... And he's frustrated because he's he is frustrated with the Pharisees because they haven't got it yet. But then you look at the life and the mission and the death and the resurrection of Christ, and what's the central motif? That God, the author of the cosmos, the Alpha, the Omega, the only we you know is that Aristotle and Aquinas would say the only necessary being is given over in pure sacrifice. 
So what this means, I'm just pointing to what I would say is a, a disjunct between ontology, which is the essence of our being. So we're made, we follow this through from Genesis, we're made in the Imago Dei, we're made in the image of God. And if that's true, yes, we're sinners in a post-lapsarian world, but we still carry that aspect of God's image. And then we live in a culture that's doing the exact opposite of sacrifice. It's a culture of consumption and self-promotion. So herein lies the tension. And as I said in today's email, the tension and the mission field. So let's wrap up. I think that, well, here's another thing quickly. Last night as a family, my kids are 13, 12 and 11. It's a busy few years. We watched that film, The Social Dilemma. Many of you will have seen it. If you haven't seen it, please see it. It's a very important film and it's really worth watching. That's The Social Dilemma and, and or Dilemma. And that movie is, is, is great because it's basically showing that there is an enormous social project going on with enormously powerful computers kind of hijacking aspects of how we've been created or how our brains have evolved. But again, the critique is that so much of social media is about this self-absorption, self-promotion. It's not a place people go to for sacrifice and altruism too often, is it? I know we'll, we'll all say we've seen some nice things on there. As a general thing, it's we're not going to look back at this and say this was a you know brilliant moment necessarily in human technological history despite the obvious benefits of technology in other areas. So let's wrap up. I'm going to suggest to you that you have an opportunity each day to do what I simply call tell the truth. When you present Christ, and particularly when, imagine that if you help young people just contemplate the cross, and then you began, whether you're in leadership in a Catholic school, or you're teaching, whatever, you began to try and inculcate that concept of sacrifice into their lives, to teach it to teach it and not just teach it academically but then help them understand the importance of grace and sacrament that give us the power to actually live it out because sacrifice is a good idea if you were just being purely rational you'd say look we evolved to sacrifice therefore let's keep doing it and everybody should sacrifice more the question is why don't we because we're, we're sinners and because of brokenness and sin so the beauty and the genius of the catholic sacramental proposition is that it reminds us that we need something beyond ourselves to be able to live fully the truth of our ontological being. I'm throwing some big words around today. So friends, in this, you've been called to exactly where you are. If you're hearing my voice today, it's not an accident. Wherever you're teaching is not an accident. If it is, then God's not in control of the universe. Now, I'm not talking about a deterministic universe. I'm talking about God gives us free will, but I'm believing that where you're teaching is where you're meant to be right now. That might change at some point, but that's where you are now. So your chance, your opportunity is to teach the truth about sacrifice. So yes, you teach about Christ and you help them to pray and to contemplate and to engage with the sacraments, but then you teach it practically, helping them to sacrifice by letting other people go through a door first or help them to sacrifice by helping another student with something. I've seen some great school cultures where that happens, where there's a culture of service, a culture of service, a culture of sacrifice. And really, if you're hearing my voice and you're in leadership, sorry, friends, the old saying is true, that the fish rots from the head down. So really, the invitation to leadership, Pope Benedict used to say this, that the concept of hierarchy in the Catholic Church, which gets a lot of bad press, he said it's a hierarchy of service. There's a reason that the Roman pontiff is called the servant of the servants of God. You only, you only get the gig as the, as the Pope, theoretically, 
if you're ready to serve everybody. And again, we've got Jesus, right, doing what? Washing the feet. Washing the feet. The job that in Hebrew culture was left to who? Usually to slaves. Slaves washed the feet of guests. And you could see Peter was scandalized because he was like, yeah, washing my feet. What are you doing? But Jesus was teaching about sacrifice. He was teaching about selflessness, but he was doing it practically. So if you're in leadership in a Catholic school, your job is to be the chief sacrificer. Okay? I'm just making this up as I go now, but it sounded pretty good to me. Imagine if the archbishop in your archdiocese was the chief sacrificer, the one who put others first. Or if the principal, and it just follows all the way down to the lady in the canteen or the lunch line or the man working in the canteen or the man working in the lunch line, the janitor, the lady working on the grounds, the man working on the grounds, whoever is part of that Catholic school community gets to sacrifice. But let's get some leadership in place. Let's get our principals doing it, huh? Let's get me doing it today. My kids get home from school. (laughs) All right. God bless you, friends. Here's that quote one more time. How do you become an adult in a society that doesn't ask for sacrifice? Jesus has positioned you today to be in that classroom to help young people understand the crucial nature of sacrifice. That's all I have for you. Do me a favor. Please make sure you have subscribed. Wherever you're listening to this, wherever podcast you're on, it's on. should be on every podcast player. Hit subscribe for me. Make sure you're getting the daily uh, podcast. Would you leave a review if you could? If, you could? if you've got time right now, just jump across to Spotify, to Apple, to Google Podcasts, wherever it is, and just leave a review saying, everybody, listen to this, sacrifice some time. Uh, Everything else is on the website, uh, onecatholicteacher.com, onecatholicteacher.com. You want to email me, Jonathan, J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N, Jonathan, at onecatholicteacher.com. That's one O-N-E. Shoot me some questions. Let me know how I can be a blessing to you in some way in your precious work as a Catholic educator. God bless you, Jesus. I pray for every teacher listening right now. Holy Spirit, bless them. Bless their families. Help us all to grow closer to you. God bless you, everybody. My name is Jonathan Doyle. This has been the Catholic Teacher Daily Podcast, and I'll have another message for you tomorrow.